What's up, everyone? This is the Bumcast. I am your host, HBIC, the head bum in charge, along with Bologna and the Southside Bum. Uh, we're back, guys. We got a special guest today. So it's a good good show today. Um, we got uh, Shy Roxy from the all sports scene. The asses and the bums are coming together today for a collaboration, a collabo, as the kids in the street like to say. So what kids? we're going to have around in a little bit. Yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal a bit from uh from the one awake guys and uh, what are you drinking tonight, guys? You're doing this on purpose, you motherfucker. I am. Um, I'm not drinking. What bourbon. are you drinking? What? We're are on, you drinking tonight, we're, Peter? We're doing the one away weight loss challenge. I've got two <laughs> different types of water, and now I feel like a real squid, man. Uh, I know. Hey, I'm drinking water, water too. Water. Look at that. Look at that. All, yeah. all of us hey, are drinking bro. water. Look at us being healthy as shit. <laughs> Congratulations, guys. Um, yeah, I'm not drinking bourbon. I'm probably not drinking. I'm not drinking at all until the watch party, which we'll talk about later on. But yeah, we're drinking water like a bunch of nerds. Yeah, that's why I had to steal that bit today, because obviously none of us are drinking. And uh, I got detox until it, to the watch, <laughs> at least till Friday. There we go. Sean, at least Sean's drinking. At least somebody's yes, drinking. Somebody in the comments are drinking. I is awake, but this is his uh, flu game. So apparently everyone at my wedding got COVID. So super spreader event. Yeah, I, I I get one time I get married and I give everyone the Rona. I mean, I was gonna say at least you didn't give people other things, but Rona, <laughs> Rona's fine. We'll live with the Rona. It was uh, it was worth it. it. We had a lot of fun. Yeah. So Johnny, thank you for powering through. This is your flu game. Happy to hope drop drop a drop like forty five points. I'll be I'll be okay. Yeah, I, All right. I'm gonna. I'll carry you okay. after the bump cast like Pippin did. See, there you go. All right, SPF, SPF's uh, dropping heat. Yeah, Jenny, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna upgrade your. We're gonna get you a new new modem for. We do. For I'm gonna redo the ad read in the beginning of the show and just be like, all of the proceeds for the Chicago sports bump shirts go to uh, Johnny's internet. There you go. So yes, as we mentioned, we have a a butt merger today. <laughs> the bums and the asses have come together, but we're going to have Roxy on in a little bit. We're going to talk some bears first. Um, last week we said it was a Bears Bears moral victory Monday, and yesterday was the exact opposite. It was a deflating loss to the lowly Detroit Lions. Thankfully, the bums didn't take that mayor's bet with uh, Bob Pants because we would have lost and had to say nice things about the Detroit, the the 80s Pistons, so thank God we didn't do that. But again, some good things to talk about. Another great, you know, performance by Justin Fields. I mean, he did have a couple, you know, a couple... The interception. There. The in- yeah, we'll, we'll the pick, get that. The pick, six, the pick hurt. The pick six, some indecisive, dis- like, passing decisions. They still put up 30 points. That's four games in a row now. We're putting up 30 points. Like, that's nothing to hang our heads on. But it's. I feel like I'm saying this is the definition of insanity. We're same shit every week. The fucking refs fucked us again. And the defense can't tackle anyone or cover anyone. So, I mean, until we actually get some good guys in the front line there, it's still going to be just shootout after shootout. Every week, 
I'm cool with that. We talked about this. We're tired of the same old bears, the defense bears and stuff like that. If we're going to lose to the Lions, I'd rather it be 31 to 30 than a, you know, 14 to 10 game. Um, we've had enough of those for the last three decades. Um, and SB, SPF's in the com- comments saying, fuck that shit. There's no moral victories. There's no, he doesn't want to lose to Detroit. Um, and I'm here to tell all of the fans, all of the bonehead fans, yes, you do want to lose to Detroit. You want to lose to every team from now on. If we're scoring 30 points a game and lose every game, I'm so happy with that because the Bears went from starting yesterday. Um, they started the day with the ninth pick in the draft. If they would have won that game, it would have moved them to the 16th pick in the draft. But they lost. So that means they have the sixth pick in the draft. This game between the Lions and the Bears, that's a 10-draft swing. That's crazy. I don't want the 16th pick. I want the sixth pick. And I, and if you could get the third pick or the second pick, I want that pick. So keep losing. And like for the people that can't handle it, I got that quote from Marcellus Wallace saying, that's just pride fucking with you. Fuck pride. Because at the end of the day, you know, next April, when we have the third pick in the draft, you're going to be saying, baloney was right. Because who cares about these games? It, they don't matter as long as we see progress with Justin Fields and we see progress with Getsy and the coaching staff. And again, I talked about it, hand up. I keep talking shit about Kokomet. He keeps shutting me up. I'm... I, I, I'll wear that hat. I was wrong or I've been wrong. Obviously, I was right for two and a half years. I won't, won't talk about that. But yes, I mean, if Cole Komet's getting going, if Justin Fields is that guy, Jason, you put out that shirt. Justin Fields is that dude. Um, I'm okay with all of yeah, that. Buy that shirt. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what anyone really expected with Poles trading away Quinn and then Roquan in the span of a week. I mean, we got rookies in the secondary. Eddie Jackson's still Eddie Jackson and Jalen Johnson. I don't know. He's fucking gimping around on trying to cover people. And but you're not you're, you're not going to be able to to cover anyone. Just keep on doing what we're doing. And I want to talk a little bit about the offensive woes today because there have as much as we saw Justin Fields and he set the record for a five game swing with most rushing yards by a quarterback, which was it's awesome to see. He, he keeps on breaking records, but the wide receivers are still an issue. I mean, Chase Claypool only getting 19 snaps yesterday. That's a little concerning because you think after a week or so that he would learn. Maybe he just doesn't know the playbook yet. I don't know if that's the issue or if it was what the game plan was to just run against Detroit most of the time. But it, we can see, like, obviously they don't have any good weapons for Justin Fields. Vilas Jones inactive Khalil Harry inactive and you had four targets to Mooney that's it's they need to work on that passing but I just don't think those receivers are doing anything that can make Justin Fields like say hey I'm just not gonna run I'm gonna stay in the pocket and throw it's it's this is very indicative very you know indicative on polls for not for making bad decisions on the wide receiver front the Claypool thing was shocking. Um, I was expecting a, a big step up from week one of having him to week two and him getting 19 snaps, one target, basically one catch. Um, that was not expected, but I do think um, 
there, this is just going to, there's going to be ebbs and flows to this thing. Um, when, you know, Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson first started, that's, there was the same thing going. Like, he's going to run until he doesn't run anymore. And, and Justin Fields is a good pocket passer. They're going to figure it out. I, I, I do have faith that Luke Getzi is going to figure it out. I do think Chase, Chase Claypool is a good receiver. Mooney's a good receiver. They're going to need more help. Um, and that's something they'll, they'll address in the offseason. But um, there was that quote that, like, you know, when Justin Fields sees zone, he's going to he's gonna um, exploit it. And then when he, he sees man, he's going to run the ball and stuff like that. Or, I mean, uh, opposite. If he, if he sees man, he's going to throw the ball. If he sees zone, he's going to run. Um, I'm okay with all of that right now. Um, it's it's going to take time, and it's going to be a work in progress. I, it just And it sucks asking for patience from people because we've waited a long-ass time to be a good football team, and it just hasn't happened. But I'm asking for patience because it's going to take time. Well, I think that's a thing that, uh, you know, I've seen a lot from like a, on Twitter, even in our family chats as well, too. Uh, you're never going to satisfy uh, any Bears fan whatsoever. And that's finally that we we see that we have a future quarterback in line. Basically, that's something that we never had it ever. Um, people are, I mean, yes. Nobody wants to lose against the Lions. I mean, l- let's be real. I mean, I think we were all pr- pretty upset that we lost the way that we did, um, especially with Santos uh, pretty much botching that 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 kick. Um, but you got to look at the positives. I mean, look at the way that everybody in the media, everybody, like Bears fans, you, you can't deny how excited that we are just to see the progress that Fields is doing. Yes, he had an interception that probably he should have he shouldn't have thrown. I mean, he knows that and he fessed up with it. He said, you know what, I you know, if I could have redone it again, I would have done I would done it and I won't do it again. Um it's it's baby steps. Um but for the most part, I just love the progress and I think this is everything that at least for me, but I, I know for you guys as well too, is that you guys we just want to see progress. That's all. Yes, it's a bad loss. We've been losing. Nobody wants to lose. I get it. It's it's not fun at all, but this is what I've been I, I've been striving for for the past what like past couple of years is that we finally see that we have an offense. Yes, we don't have an offensive line. We'll work on that. We we have the cap. We have the draft capital. It's going to happen. But right right now this season, I don't think anybody had expectations that we were going to go to the playoffs with whatever. So um, whoever has those expectations, you're looking at the wrong direction, man. You know, we 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 did all these trades and we did all this other stuff. I mean, you have to look at the reality is that we're just going in a different direction and we're we rebuilding, we retooling, we're doing everything that we're supposed to do to make this team better in the future. And it all revolves around Justin Fields. Yeah. Also, if we end end up with a top five pick and pulls trades back, I'm gonna be pissed off. I'm sorry. I know it we depends. need draft no, picks. So, I want that top pick. No, so it doesn't matter. What if somebody's looking for a quarterback? What what is somebody's willing to do what the Bears did with the 49ers? <laughs> can we yeah, can we get Ryan Pace to be, be the GM for the yeah. Falcons and draft up? Like, you know, if you have a top you end up with a top three pick, you could trade it down. You trade down the seven. I know I build know. That, that way. So I'm okay with that. Jason, you mentioned Jalen Johnson. He's dealing with an oblique injury. Um Looked like he's limping around out there. He was getting outrun by a tight end. I still think this secondary is decent. Uh, the yeah. problem with Jalen Johnson and everyone else in the secondary is that we have no pass rush. So they have to cover people for an eternity. 
And that's going to be a problem when you're hurt. So I give him credit. Like, I, he's had two really bad games, but I think Jalen Johnson's still fine. Well, I no think one can cover be, Tua anyways. Or not or uh, Tyreek. Yeah, Tyreek Hill. But the um, Aloha Mr. Han was in the comments saying, and it's something you've been saying forever. We need fat guys. We need fat guys on the defensive line. We need fat guys in the offensive line. You got to build through the draft that way. We need pass rushers and we need pass protectors. And that's something they're going to have to focus on next year. And and I hope they actually draft football people and not the athletes that they always used to go because they took Vilas Jones way too high because he was the fast athlete guy and he can't even catch a punt or get on the field now. Like I, that, that was a waste of a, of a pick right there. He got drafted way too high and hopefully the, the trade with the Patriots for Harry, like that's not going to be, I mean, that's, he's not that good either. I think he's just a body. He's he's a fourth receiver, but we don't need Dante Pettis anymore. I'm sick of him. St. Brown can't catch. He's not the, he's not the good brother. We got the shit brother on that. I just, we need some better receivers and I, I hope that's. They do. They have to address that in the offseason yeah, for sure. It's, it's gotta be, it's one, a one B fat guys and receivers. That's. <laughs> That's what it is. I have three more notes before we uh, move on and bring on our special guest. Um, first being, special teams has consistently killed this team this whole year. Um, it's been bad. We've had the muffed punt returns, the the block punt for a touchdown last week, and now Cairo Santos, of all people, you know, he's been reliable, but he really did cost us the game. Uh, that's something we should be pissed about. That's something that they should they have to address. And it needs to be better. You know, it's obviously fixable. Um, but right now, special teams is a brutal part of uh, the Bears organization. They got to figure that out. And then um, the last one, I think, Jack is Jack Sanborn a guy? Is he a guy? Did we find him? He, he's an undraft, undrafted free agent, I think. He was flying around making plays, man. I was really impressed. I, I think a lot of people are like her 2.0 right there, man. We got Yeah. Another, just, another guy, but uh, yeah, uh, I mean, let's... so what? So what? He was. Who cares if he was? Obviously, slow. it was the Lions. Maybe that was a part of it too. But yeah, he looked good. Be. He looked good. But yeah, he had a he had like a really bad four forty. If you know, if you're a combine guy and everything. But hey, if he's got the football IQ and he can make tackles, fuck it. I will agree with Sean. Maybe not Erlocker 2.0. Maybe okay. what Hunter Hillemeyer? I'll take Hunter Hillemeyer. There you go. That's a good. There's a good. That, that would be a good. Ro- Roosevelt Colvin. Roosevelt Colvin. Uh, Rosie Colvin was good too. Uh, I'll, I'll take yeah. the Hillemeyer comparison for now. Um, another note from the game yesterday too. Probably one of their most undisciplined games that they played in a long time. The that penalty yards killed them. A bunch of bunch of mental mistakes. It, you you can't have that. Um, I re- read a stat. I think it was like they had like nine penalties for like 80, 80 some yards it was 80 yards the the lions only had 10 um that opening drive they were driving down the field at will and then that holding call brought it back so they had to settle for a field goal it seemed like all game long they were shooting themselves in the foot and that's something they haven't done this year you know we've we've complimented Eberflus on the lack of penalties and stuff like that and yeah man it seemed like this although we'll keep saying about the refs there's some bullshit calls not going our way and some calls that were just like fake phantom penalties. Um, yeah. But yes, they have to, they have to clean that up. If, if the NFL comes out against us like, Oh, sorry guys are bad. Like we fucked up. Like, yeah, that shouldn't have been hands in the face, you know? Yeah. I don't want apologies every week. From no, the I don't NFL want apologies. Office. Like, yeah, I want, I want, I, it needs to, I need to see like refs held accountable, you know, like, 
find some refs, you know, suspend them for a game or something, put them on Thursday night football as punishment. Like, I don't know what they, the NFL needs to do, but the officiating has been not even the Bears games. Like you watched like that, um, the Vikings Bills game yesterday. That was some they had some shit officiating on that one, too. But, oh, man, Mailman Jack with a reference. Don Beebe. Shout out Don Beebe. That was like one of the first, first uh, like names I remember. It's just like a football player. Yeah, that yeah. dude's fast. Well, we got the Falcons next week or Bears South, I guess now. So it'll be interesting. I know. Um, I feel like that should be a winnable game, but then the schedule gets a little tougher. Uh, Jets are a good team, good defense. That'll be a good test for Justin Fields. Um, yeah, we'll circle that one. Um, also, before we bring in our guests, I want to say um, shout out to Sam for complimenting us. Very handsome bums. Thanks. I, don't know if you I showered. I showered for yeah. this. You hope you got pants on hmm. too. To be announced. <laughs> all right, time to bring in our special guest uh, because we have teased it. We're all about the about the butts tonight. It's the bums. It's the asses. We're coming together because we don't talk much bulls, but we're our very special guest, uh, Shy Roxy. She is a Bulls expert, and now she is here joining us live on the Bumcast. Roxy, how you doing? Hey, good. How are you guys? And first off, I wouldn't say expert, but I, I do appreciate it. <laughs> you're you're more of an expert than us, so you know that, that qualifies you. As- you. You had that tweet out there saying, listen to the Bumcast to pretend. For, pretend. Uh, what, what was it? It was like... Uh, oh, yeah, I was going to like pretend that I knew basketball. Pretend I that I like, know basketball. And I'm like, bowls. I, and we I was pretend like, to know everything. We don't know yeah, shit. I was like, who is Zach uh, DeRozan? Like, just <laughs> gonna completely pretend I know what I'm talking about. So is so is Ben Wallace gonna lead the team in rebounds this year? <laughs> ben Wallace. God, I hope so. That's who I put in for my uh, my fantasy or like my sports bet pick when the season started. So hopefully. <laughs> no, so to, Roxy, um, happy to have you here. We're gonna we're gonna talk some. Bo- Are you drinking water like, too? No, it's definitely not water, but it it'll pass. <laughs> water. Classier Clock than us. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Straight, straight vodka. There's a little bit of sprite in there for the longevity of this conversation, but also I just have to compliment Liquid Death, some of the best water. I did. That's yeah, um, awesome. My sister got me into this, and now that like uh, I'm just gonna keep bringing it up, but the 108 weight loss challenge, I've been drinking a shit ton of water. Um, I had that tweet out there. I I, I turned into the sparkling water guy too. So Liquid Death's got some really good flavored waters that I've mm-hmm. been doing. So. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Well, all right, let's do this. All right, Roxy. So, um, first of all, I want to get your thoughts on the Bulls right now because obviously, what we we talked about this in the off season, where the Bulls off season too, is that obviously we saw that everyone, especially in the East, made moves, got themselves better, and the Bulls pulled a typical Jerry Reinsdorf is like, eh, we're we're gonna run it back, we're gonna stay put, we're not gonna make any splashy trades or another free agent or anything. And I think it's probably indicative of the record right now. There's six and eight, they're 11th in the East. And I want to get your thoughts first on like what you thought with their off season moves, as far as them just running it back and kind of just adding on, you know, secondary pieces. Yeah. So, you know, obviously uh, with uh, Drogic and Drummond coming on, that was something that, you know, with Drogic, you know, kind of being a, a very tenured player, there was obviously some hesitation to what kind of, you know, talent he was going to be bringing to the club. Um, personally, I think he brings a lot of uh, bench help. I know that the bench was something that struggled last year. 
and uh, Drummond being that like bigger piece, especially last year with Vucevic, it was kind of just you had Vucevic and then you didn't really have any sort of other larger uh, man piece there, uh, especially with um, with uh, P Will out. So I think on paper it was a good it was like good enough the Reinsdorf way. It was like fine just to say like hey I did something. Uh, but I think they were really just kind of hoping that that max deal for Zach was going to be their way of saying, look, we've made, we made an attempt. We did what we needed to. Um, so obviously Drogic has brought, you know, quite a bit to the bench. Like I was just saying uh, with uh, him and Caruso and um, just all those guys coming off the bench, he just brings like that type of veteran presence that I think they were still sort of looking for, especially with um, IO kind of leading the point guard position. So Drummond, especially just being again, that like big man. And just to say, I had no idea that man was 28. He looks <laughs> like he's about 45 and has probably been in the league since like I was born. So it's it very shocking that, that he's 28 years <laughs> yeah. old. I really did think he was in the league for like 15 years. Yeah. I just, when he, they said 28, I was like, no, that's, that's not possible. Like 28, maybe 10 years ago, but so- you mentioned the uh, the Max deal with Zach. We talked about it last year where he, they were kind of in a rock and a hard place. We didn't know. I, I, at times, I thought you had to give them the deal. Other times, you were just unsure of. Um, in the end, they signed them for the Max contract. And then right away, at the beginning of the year, first game of the year, he's sitting with knee injury or like he's resting his knee, basically. And I know that happens a lot in the NBA now, you know, where you just kind of like, rest up and and there's a lot of days off um but it seemed to me where it was like oh shit here we go obviously he's been playing better lately and and he's scoring what did you think of the max contract was it something you were looking for you know i'm really not sure just because like i didn't really have rather any like initial thoughts about it but it seemed like people were very to your point like one way or another there wasn't a they weren't like, oh, if it, if it makes sense, it's fine. They were very, you have to do it or it makes absolutely no sense. So I understand really where you're coming from. Um, the only thing I will point out that I've noticed over the schedule is that um, 11 of their 14 games have been on one day's rest or fewer. Yeah. Um, which I'm wondering if that mostly contributes to Zach's load management uh, crisis per se. Um, you know, they've had... Like I said, the four, the first 14 games, 11 of them, one day's rest or fewer, and then multiple. I think all of them, ha- or eight of them, were, again, like the back-to-back. So I'm just curious if that had anything to do with it, just if they're not confident that his knee is going to be able to handle. You know, obviously he's not playing with Tibbs anymore where he's going to have to worry about getting, like, 44 minutes a game. We're all sorry about that. But still, like, it, I want, I'm just very curious if that plays into everything. Yeah, I do think they, it does have to do with not them not wanting to risk another injury. And, you know, there's that whole saying that, like, the NBA doesn't start till after Christmas and stuff like that. So even that we I mean, I was fairly disappointed in the six and eight start. And we said it's a slow start. And um, but it's been a tough beginning of the year, um, just schedule wise and stuff like that. I do think if they just, you know, stay right above 500 through Christmas, I feel like they should be able to turn it on. You know, they got veterans, they got. They got um, enough scoring, which hasn't been so the first 13 games or so. But um, is that something that shocks you is like the lack of offense, basically, from this team? Yeah, I think part of that just kind of stems back from Zach not being available, you know, for 
you know, consecutive games, or I think, I think he's played 10 games if I'm not mistaken. So he's still playing like obviously the vast majority of them, but he, they can't seem to get into like any sort of rhythm. Um, and then with that, it's kind of just if, when it's, since DeMar's played every game, it's like, okay, well, is DeMar leading it? But then when Zach comes in, it's like, okay, well, is Zach expected to kind of take over? And like, you can't see it on the court, but I'm kind of curious if there's this like unintentional like butting of heads of who's really going to be handling like the load to Brian's point of the, of the game. And just like that, the management of the floor Um, to going back to it, uh, four of the eight losses that they've had, they've allowed over 120 points um, with like, from what I was looking at, three of the four games were over 40% uh, three point shooting by the opponents. And then the only game where they didn't, they let the Celtics to the line 39 times. So it's pretty clear what their, you know, what their Achilles heel is. And that's clearly the defense, but it's kind of just all over the map in terms of like what their losses, how it's, how they're losing per se. It's not just, you know, it's not paint the second chance points or too many points in the paint. They they're pretty much in like the top 10 in terms of like in that regard defensively, but it just seems they get killed behind the arc and then they're committing too many like dumb fouls. That's what I've noticed quite a bit myself. So what you're saying is, is that Jerry Reinsdorf teams are bad at defense, have a lot of sore legs and don't make upgrades. <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing a trend here. <laughs> it just, damn. I mean, that the, the whole Zach Levine thing, like when he, it, first game of the season he's not playing uh, that just gave me like serious like Mankata and Andrew Vaughn vibes like I mean like, and come on, well, like you gotta you gotta add Lonzo to that you know two knee yeah. surgeries he's not back and that's something that really is hurting them I like the emergence of Ayo John, Johnny you could attest to that point he's always been your guy um mm-hmm. but realistically this team is is hurting for Lonzo Ball to be back um I'm looking at the stats just looking this up before we did the show um the fact that they're ranked uh, 25th in three-point field field goal percentage or field goal hits this year. Um, we all know it's, I mean, it's 2022. Like, the NBA has changed. you got to hit threes to win in this league. And the fact that they're 25th, that's another indictment. I was like, they got to figure that out. But it's like you want the right people to figure it out. Like, respectfully, right. I yeah. don't want Vucevic taking 10 three-point. I mean, I am a yes. Vucevic. I'm a borderline Vucevic apologist. Like, look at my tweets from last season, and you'll know it. I've wore, I'm better now. But point being, <laughs> he's the guy that you can trust to take these threes, but, like, you don't want him to. You don't want him to be at the at the top of the key. Like, you don't need him up there. Um, another point that I want to bring up is they're 4-4 four and four at home. So, like, they've played a vast majority of their – you know, first 14 games in the UC, but they can't seem to like capitalize with the home crowd. And that's like mildly concerning just because obviously if you can't get it done in front of your home crowd, then it's going to be tough to see yourself gathering those wins, especially in places like uh, the garden and everything. So I was really surprised to, to read that. I would have thought that that home record, I mean, I've been, uh, I was at the, the incredibly horrible home opener against the Celtics so I completely uh, felt the lack of energy by the by the fans, but yeah, just like uh, Al said, uh, the home crowd not really giving the team what they need. Johnny, you yeah. were at that game, right? I was. I was at. Yeah, I was at the. I was at the uh, home opener against uh, uh, Cleveland. With they got killed by twenty points. Um, Roxy, with the slow start, do, 
do you see any panic right now? I know it's just early in the season. You know, we got a lot of in- injuries, but for Bulls fans, do we have to hit the panic button? Do we have to start, you know, thinking about training some pieces? I know I the, the emergence of Io in the second year. Um, like I said, P- Peter mentioned it. Io's my guy. He's an Illini, uh, you know, uh, player. But do you see a panic right now? Do you see something that, you know, Bulls fans should just, you know, let's calm down. I know, you know, it's it's too early. What, what do you have as, as far as uh, to tell Bulls fans, um, you know, we should, we should, we should hold, hold the panic button just yet. And that, just to clarify, that's a tall order because we all know how Chicago sports fans are very rational, understanding, calm people. So um, I, I don't think just yet, I would probably be willing to say yes, if we were seeing Zach every night and they were able to build kind of this chemistry, but when they, the wins that they're taking are impressive, like, and they're losing, they have from what the wins that I looked at four of the eight losses were within five points. So I know that at the end of the day, it's still a loss, but like they're the, the team is able to identify where those problems and pain points are. And I think that that's something that they can capitalize on. They just kind of have to get out of their own way. And in my opinion, they have to figure out who's leading every night. Is it going to be Zach, when Zach's there, it's Zach, or is it just going to be, excuse me, DeMar the whole time? Because I still think that's kind of causing not like team chemistry issues. I don't personally think that's as much of an issue as much as just kind of knowing when to get out of their own way. Um, Zach mentioned, I can't remember if it was like the game against the uh, 76ers. They had like an opportunity to either tie the game or take the lead, whereas Zach could have like taken the three-pointer, but he opted to like uh, – make the pass to somebody else. And if I'm remembering correctly, I'm sorry, I didn't actually watch that game, but it was kind of like an interesting point he brought up because it's like, this is his ninth year in the, in the league. And he's still kind of making those like more questionable choices of like, Hey, you're kind of, you're the team leader. There's a reason they gave you this mask, max contract. And so you should be able to make those decisions like in a split second, take that shot and just have that confidence. So while I don't think he's, like losing confidence. I do want him to be more confident in like his ability to just lead that team, which is something that now that he's no longer the playmaker that he has to be from like a few seasons ago where it was just him primarily. I think that's still something he's working on. But so after that long rant, not yet, maybe give it till Christmas. And then like Baloney said, we can kind of go from there. I, I think an easy answer is maybe just have Allison stop watching the games. She's saying, they're only losing because I started watching. So let's cut that out. <laughs> uh, question for you. Um, was the – is Patrick Williams, is that the bust? Are we, is, is he – we writing him off yet or what's up with him? See, I try to be a little more, like, understanding just because obviously people came out of the – like, out of nowhere to just – completely harp on Vucevic and every like poor performance he had last year. And rightfully so, you know, he's a, he was a star player over in Orlando and kind of came here and more or less shit the bed. I think that was also in turn kind of just related to not really knowing how to handle not being the star anymore. Um, Regardless though, the way that like P will has been playing these last few games, I think he's kind of figuring it out. Um, He still plays with like this kind of like, I want to say like dopiness, like a little bit of, he's kind of clumsy out there. Like, don't get me wrong. When you're this 
this big fuck for lack of a better way to put it. I completely understand. Like I'm five, five. I could never imagine ha- like having to <laughs> work with a, a body that tall. But the point is just that like when he makes these, when he hits these fouls or like when he fouls people or just like the way that he's handling himself on the floor, sometimes it just looks sloppy. And so obviously I think that's going to come with time and they're in kind of a position right now where they can do that, utilize that because especially if he gets better and he doesn't fit into the long-term pieces, then his trade value is just going to go up. And so either way, it makes sense to just get him more time on the floor and give him those extra minutes just because it's like you can't keep letting your you know lottery draft pick sit on the bench. So I wouldn't say bust just yet, but kind of flowing into the previous question till about Christmas, kind of see where we're at and see where he can go or where he fits in here. Yep. John, well, Johnny, Johnny, you meant the of, of drafting people high in the draft and then they're like career bench guys. <laughs> Yeah, until they go somewhere else. Until they go somewhere else. Uh, Johnny, you mentioned the panic button. Um, I saw some blogs. I saw some articles about trading Kobe White. It seems to be like he's the expendable guy. Um, Just like looking at their roster, it seems like, you know, Patrick Williams and Javante Green um, aren't cutting it at power forward right now. You know, trading Kobe White for a power forward seems like it makes sense. Um, And... Like I said, maybe it's too early or stuff like that. But realistically, I mean, he's the only real trade piece they have right now, right? Unless they make some kind of crazy big splash, which I don't see happening. Yeah, I'm not personally like comfortable with, and comfortable sounds weird, like on the DM or something. But like, I don't think Kobe White really draws much trade value on his own. I can see him being kind of like a secondary piece in like a trade where you've kind of got, you know, like your two middle of the road guys. I, I like, I personally don't think that he's worthy of like too, too much. And that's not to say, obviously he's not a good player, but I just think for like what type of hole we're looking to fill, um, we can't necessarily get that taken care of with just Kobe white, but I don't know. He's with, especially with this injury, it's kind of showing that he's injury. I don't know how many games he missed last year, but I know he was in and out of the season for a little bit towards like the end there, if I'm not mistaken. So we're not talking about a guy that's had like clean bills for. Yeah. And I like the, I liked when they drafted him. I thought he was going to be the guy, you know, taking, taking the point guard role and, and running with it and just didn't seem to happen. So yeah, it sucks for him. Like I was, I was high on him when they, he came out of North Carolina, but yeah, for now I just like, he's got most likely the piece that's going to be traded. I, a lot of whole everyone, in our, everyone in our comments seems to pick up on the trend of our episode tonight. I think we need to rename this holes and loads. Just <laughs> just rename the episode, Peter, when we upload it to this YouTube. Holes this is all and part loads. of the ass crew. This isn't the bum crew talking. This is all the ass crew talking the nonsense. I told you it's the mer- it's the butt merger. Bums and asses. Um did they so a couple like the Bulls played the Raptors a couple games, I think it was back to back or it was yeah. um yeah, yeah, it was last uh, did, Sunday, yeah. Monday. So did, did the Raptors figure out how to stop DeMar? Because they pretty much shut him down those two games. Seems like it. I mean, I don't know if that just kind of goes into, again, like the back-to-back. And to be honest, a, a week is like a year ago at this point, it seems like. So my brain has kind of like forgotten those games because they've already happened. But yeah, it it seems like they've got them figured out. I don't know if that's just because <laughs> there's so much of him that is – predictable like we all and like that's not even a bad thing he continues to impress like night after night but eventually 
you can it, you can kind of figure him out and that's that people either use that to their advantage or they don't and i think that you know that the bulls obviously did end up winning that uh, that game on monday but i think that's more to um them being able to shut down van vliet more so than the bulls necessarily figuring it out because the raptors did not even break uh, 100 points in that game which like go defense but um yeah that's a that's a great point i it's it's really hit or miss. He had nine points that game, and, and the one Raptors on Sunday or on Monday. Like, I think it was the first game against okay. the Raptors. He had like nine points, and because I mean, the reason why I know that is because they killed my parlay, and I always usually put like Demar for like twenty five points on a parlay, and yeah, I shut him down for nine, which was very shocking. Um, Aloha, Mister Hand. No, that's boats and hose, not holes and loads. <laughs> just read the comments here um okay and i got one more question for you was the the zach contract was that a mistake should they have moved on from him or were they like peter said were they kind of like stuck between a rock and a hard place on that i, I yeah just kind of going back to the rock and the hard place i think it's just there's really it's a little too early to like tell, but I think like, I think at the time on paper, it made complete sense, especially when you bring in DeMar, you bring in Vooch, like you're kind of in this like win now mentality. So for that, it absolutely makes sense to do so. Um, obviously not realizing the, the, from the medical perspective, like his knee health and everything, whether they knew that, I mean, God, you would hope that they knew that, but it was also, we're talking about a Reinsdorf owned team. So you never know, but it like, it's still just, it sounds too early to say like for this season, at least if it was worth it. But in my opinion, based on what we, we knew in it, like prior to the signing, it made complete sense. Like, obviously you can't know until you sign, but yeah, with the, uh, the acquiring of DeMar and Vooch, it's kind of like this idea that we're going to, we're going to try to win now. So, it so this is, sense. this is pretty much the last, last year, right? Cause Vooch is a free agent after this season. Yeah, right? I believe and so. Then- I'm, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know how I'm going to be honest i'm not good at like how trade stuff works i would not be surprised if they traded vooch with uh if they're able to at least i know that like i wouldn't discredit that part of his like bounce back is the fact that he was kind of on the trading block like all off season and wanted to kind of prove himself and gonna he's gonna go somewhere else i know that uh, i think utah was on that radar at least for for a while where they were looking to get him in there but it just wouldn't surprise me if Vooch is not on the team by the end of the season. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised too, because uh, if they don't, like Peter said, if Christmas time is NBA start season, start time, so if Bulls are still looking at the bottom of the East, I wouldn't be surprised if they they blow it up and start taking the Utah Jazz route. On yeah, that. I mean it's tough, and it was going to lead to my last question because we've seen it with Vooch. We saw it last year. Um, the Bulls and most of the league, but the Bulls specifically, they don't have an answer for Joel Embiid, Giannis. And we saw it yesterday. Um, they don't have an answer for um, a guy like, uh, oh my God, uh, Nikola Jokic. Um, you know, tall athletic centers. Um, I just don't see how um, AK and Mark Eversley find an answer either through the draft or, or with creative trades. It just seems like the Bulls are stuck between, and it's the same thing. Maybe it's a Jerry Reinsdorf thing where it's like we're contending to get into the playoffs, but they're not really contending for for a finals or a championship anytime soon. So, like, I don't see where the answer, where where it comes from. 
Yeah, I think that's like what's tough is that you know like what they don't do and you know where the improvements could be made, but you don't necessarily know like what pieces can kind of like yeah. bridge that gap. Yeah. All right. So the other reason why we brought you on too is because you have been to like 27 million concerts this year. Like what's the count? Like 96 right now? <laughs> What is the count? I have I have the list um, up. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna bring just, it up. So I went to two different shows on the over the weekend. Actually, I guess it depends on what you count as like a show. So Scott Lucas of Local H did a an acoustic set here at like a, a local bar in Albany Park, and then the Bull Weevils played again at uh, Cobra Lounge. But um, so I think it's like thirty if you add the other two in there. But to me, that feels very low. Like. This list isn't, I'm proud of this list, but I feel like it could have been more because there were a couple of shows that I had tickets for that I didn't go to. I mean, it's an impressive list. I, I know like my wife and I, we're a big live music people. And before we had kids, we try to get to as many concerts as we can. And now seeing this list is like, I oh, we just want to live vicariously through you. So just off the top of your head, um, looking at this list and obviously besides uh, the Barren Plains, which was your favorite show of the year? Well, now you took Baron Plains out of the year. No, it was definitely Rammstein. Um, it would be mm -hmm. Rammstein and uh, Rage Against the Machine right off the bat. Um, those were both shows yes. that I had bought tickets for in 2020. And they were just kind of like sitting in my fridge. I had like actual physical tickets for both of them, uh, which obviously is like a, a dying art. Um, Rammstein has uh, utilized the most fire in a show that I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, so the way they do their GA is like, if the stage is up here, they do like their regular GA in the back, but then they do what's called the fire zone in the front. And it's kind of like the, like prime GA that you pay like a premium price for. And you're essentially like, if you get close enough, you're like 20 feet away from these gigantic flames. So like the next day I had like, my skin was red from all the <laughs> fire that they used. It's like the Gallagher splash zone, right? Just. Similar. Then, rest, in, rest in peace. <laughs> but then for Rage Against the Machine, they had uh, run the jewels open for them. And so that was just like, uh, that just knocked it out of the park. I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, I was I was actually, that's the only one on your list that I've been to was was the Rage show because I had the tickets two years ago. And my buddy John was with me too yeah, that John's day. John's in the we, chat. Uh, he, was, uh, he was at the show. Yeah, he was, he was. Well, there was four of us. He was the only one who um, went to go see Run the Jewels. Everyone, we were all, the rest of us were at the bar drinking during that during the pre like the the warm-up set um yeah that rate show was fucking phenomenal so the energy i mean and then zach breaking or achilles i think that they officially said it was and him just sitting on the on the box the whole rest of the show and still bringing that energy we talked about it the show on the pod after after i got back from the show but that was that i'll, I'll never forget that concert that was just like another level of intensity the the other thing that impressed me, just not just the sheer volume of concerts, is the variety. I mean, just going from Young Gravy to Ghost to Dua Lipa is something that, and I like it because I, I listen to all kinds of music. I, I'll, I'll listen to. I, I grew up a big pop punk guy, pop punk guy, um, but still like obviously like Snoop and Dr. Dre were influential to everyone in growing up in the nineties. But going from like Ghost to to Dua Lipa, like it, it's such a like uh, dichotomy, basically. So um, let's just talk about Ghost for a second because I saw them a long ass time ago, 
Lollapalooza. I want to say 2014. And at the time, I was just waiting for another band. I was waiting for another band and they showed up and I was like, holy shit, what is this? And I know they're one of your, they're your favorite band. Is that correct? Yeah, and but to I your was, point, like the ghost that I'm seeing now is completely different from the ghost that you're w- seeing. Like same concept, but almost an entirely different band. Yeah, so that's what it seemed like because so when I saw them in 2014, um, and then I just flat out like forgot about them or just like like didn't listen to them at all. And then randomly, um, I started listening to them at the beginning of this year. And I don't remember them sounding the same. Like, it it seems like they went through a drastic change, right? Yeah. So, like, it's always the same person, Tobias Forge. It's the same lead singer, but every album they come out with this new concept, like Papa. So they had, it's like the anti-Pope. So it's like your Papa 1, 2, 3. And then they had Cardinal Copia, and now it's Papa 4. And so every new Papa, there's a new album with it. And I think um, they're just kind of branching out, trying to figure out new things this newest album has the most obvious in my opinion, like um, like credits to other bands. Like there's an opening uh, sound that's uh, that sounds exactly like a, a Van Halen song. And you can just kind of pick out where yes. you're hearing like these other bands from. So that's and- what I didn't remember. And, and Johnny, I remember talking to you about it and um, texting you about it. It was like, there's songs that like, immediate like oh this is an homage to van halen or oh this is guns and roses or, or acdc like it, it's very distinct but i like it so so um i obviously it took me you know almost a decade later and i'm like now i'm now i'm big into it yeah they're uh, hopefully going on tour again next year so i'll see i'm uh i'm also just with this list like i'm glad i'm branching out too there was a while where i was pretty much only exclusively going to see local h which like admittedly is not a problem by any means, but there's more music out there than just local H. Um, so I'm hoping that that trend continues. Um, but the, it's going to sound bad. The one, and you didn't ask me this, I'm just bringing it up. The, the one concert that I went and saw that I was like, admittedly not that pleased with Lady Gaga. So I was going to ask you. Yeah. Cause I have seen, I've seen Lady Gaga before. I saw her in 2017 on the Joanne tour. That was the other show she had at Wrigley. And so I saw this one and this was like the Chromatica ball tour or whatever, an album admittedly that like I didn't listen to. Um, and I don't get me wrong. I love Lady Gaga, but there were just certain like songs that she did acoustically that without disrespecting her talent just are not really meant for that type of like, uh, musical style and that sounds bad because it sounds like I'm just discrediting her ability to like manage both and it's not it's not a, a jab at her doing that it's just much as like they had like this more poppy like vibrant uh, way to them and then to kind of like muddle them down to like an acoustic set just felt kind of like just seemed meh you know so I would I would like to see her again doing like her old, earlier stuff but that just makes me sound prudish so and then my so, last question, uh, go, Johnny, go ahead. I will say something. This whole session right now between what we're talking about and even the comments too, uh, Sean, I saw some of the stuff you were putting for Night Ranger and KMFDM. I love your your your, your stuff as well too, by the way. Um, but Roxy, this list is incredible. I mean, I think you beat me and seen so many concerts this year alone than I've seen in my lifetime. 
<laughs> I mean, I I don't think I've ever seen that many uh, concerts in my lifetime. You've you you killed it on, on this particular year. Um, I wanted to hear your thoughts on on the Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, what did you think about that concert? I heard some good stuff and I heard some bad stuff as well too. Um, I'm a huge Smashing Pumpkins fan, and obviously you you have you went to go see Local H too. That's another band I, I love as well too. But I just wanted to hear your thoughts on Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. So just right out of the gate, I have never seen Smashing Pumpkins before uh, the show a couple weeks ago. So I have nothing to compare them to. They were at um, Riot Fest last year, but it was storming like nobody's business. And I was like, it's not worth it for me. Um, I, I enjoyed it as somebody that's never seen Smashing Pumpkins before and has nothing to compare them to. I thought it they played a good mix of songs. They played a couple songs from like their newer album that I that I enjoyed, but then obviously played like the hits. The energy with it being like a hometown show felt really good. But obviously if you've seen Smashing Pumpkins before and you kind of have this level that you're used to seeing them as and them not meeting that, I can understand where it would have felt like Meh, but just I have nothing to compare them to, so it wouldn't be fair for me to be like, oh, I just didn't care for this. But overall, it was a good show. Um, I've heard I heard that Jane's Addiction was actually kind of meh before them, but again, another band I've never seen. So I I heard that too. I heard that they didn't play up, but I mean, I mean, I don't know. I've never seen either one, so I I, I can't like judge them as well too like i said i mean obviously i couldn't go to the smashing Culkins because it was the same day as uh, jason's wedding but um thanks jay but, yeah but uh <laughs> maybe they, they might come and back. you got the rona back. too so congratulations yeah, yeah, perfect Double yeah win. rather went to the smashing pumpkins concert but uh yeah i heard the same thing about jane's addiction as well too and i love jane's addiction um but yeah i was just curious to see what uh the smashing pumpkins did and obviously local h i mean you know you know, what were your thoughts on them as well, too? I know MSS is a big Local H uh, uh, fan as well, too. Um, so well, where, where did you see Local H at? This one was at Metro. It was the 20th anniversary of uh, mm. Here Comes the Zoo. Okay. But I, Local H, and I was going to ask you guys this after uh, I finish, but I, Local H is the band I've seen the most. I've seen them 23 times. Um, so each time gets, you know, it. You can only listen to the same song so many times, but there's a way that Scott Lucas, and I'm sure if you guys have seen it, seen him before, you guys completely understand. Like there's just this way that Scott Lucas can bring the same songs every night and just provide this like completely different kind of attitude and vibe to it. Um, my favorite shows for them are always the New Year's Eve shows. I know they have the one coming up at, uh, I think it's Bottom Lounge. If you guys don't have a wedding to go to, you should absolutely go to that. <laughs> Jay, you getting um, married again? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, on New Year's Eve, we're doing a, we're doing it back, running it back, Re- renewing your vows. Yeah, Adam, you got to make the co- the no COVID promise though. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, look, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was, I was just gonna say like, so how many other concerts do you have left for the year? I mean, we got four or five weeks left, six weeks up to the year. Yeah, just two. Well, one, my buddy's playing over at Montrose Saloon. He's in a he's a band called Flake Michigan. Um. I might go see him, but he starts at 10 p.m. and 9 for podcasts is about what I can do as we approach bedtime. Um, but then just just local H after that, it'll probably be. I, I do have two ticket or two uh, tickets for two shows next year. I'm seeing Fits in the Tantrums back to back nights. That's another band that I absolutely love. They've kind of changed their sound a little bit, and I haven't really mm-hmm. been too much of a fan of their past few albums. Yeah, they just but, dropped a new one, right? Yeah, and it's terrible. I hate it. 
I, I mean, I don't mean to sound like that rude, but you can only make so many albums, in my opinion, where the vibe is to like feel good and it's going to be okay and just get back out there. And it's like there's this big disparity when like people with a lot of money are trying to tell me to just like get through it. So that that album's meh for me, but overall, they're like a can't miss band for me. But I was going to ask you guys if we have time, like what bands, what's the band you guys have seen the most? Oh man, that's a great question. Mm. Um, so growing up as a pop punk emo kid, um, I've probably seen Taking Back Sunday and Dashboard Confessional, you know, 15 to 20 times, like each, or maybe a little less than that, but a lot. Um, same thing with, I mean, Fall Out Boy when they were playing bingo halls and VFW stuff like that. Like I we used to go all the time. Um, so I've seen them a bunch. Uh, who else? I don't know. It's, it seems like an ongoing thing. The Killers. My wife is a huge Killers fan. Um, and I think Brandon Flowers is a really good uh, lead man, lead singer. Um, his stage presence is really good. So we've seen the Killers a good amount of time. So probably within those three. For sure, Taking Back Sunday, Dashboard, AFI, and then probably the Killers. Yeah, I wanted to get your opinion on uh, one of my favorite concerts, and that was uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Live. <laughs> yeah, I was <laughs> when I was eight years old. It's it's my first concert. It was the Ninja Turtles live. I just want to know what what are your thoughts on the Ninja Turtles and and performing live and singing their their songs. Like all I know is that blows my first concert, which was Aerosmith, out of the water. <laughs> so now I'm oh intimidated to share mine in the future. <laughs> when, you don't want to. You don't want to know what was my first concert. I know Johnny's. Uh, uh, I'm gonna blow you up your spot. It was Casey and the Sunshine Band, right? Yeah, I was with my parents at Taste of Chicago. It wasn't my choice, <laughs> but uh, that's awesome. Yeah, B- right, Casey yeah. and the Sunshine Band opened for B52s on the set when we were there. When we went on the set, there you that's go. Fantastic. So before we let you go, because you did mention it's it's getting getting late bedtime. Um, I'm a guy. I, I keep bringing this up. You know, I fudge the numbers. We talked Taylor Swift one time on the podcast, and I hashtagged the shit out of Swifties and stuff like that, and it, it got pretty decent numbers. I'm gonna do it again because I am a fan. Um, Harry Styles show uh, played, I feel like a million shows at the United Center. So obviously that was the one you 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 were at. Um, what do you think of the show? So I genuinely enjoyed the show. The only thing is that we had to, uh, we were in like the back, back row. So they, you know, that contest that you can enter for Ticketmaster where you become like a verified fan and you can. Yeah. 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 That whole shebang. So they Ticketmaster awarded me that and then they took it back. They said that they gave too many tickets or too many opportunities out. And so because they fudged that, they uh, sold, gave everybody who they fucked up with the opportunity to buy standing room only tickets. So the bad news was that, you know how like when you're at the Hawks games, it's like standing room only, like right behind the last row of the 300 level. So you're pretty much just standing up right behind them. So for Harry Styles, they put another row of seats on that standing room only. So you were standing behind them. So like we couldn't see shit. So it was like, we, you could hear him and you could hear every single motherfucker in the room singing Great, Harry Styles songs. So I basically, it was only 40 bucks. I basically paid 40 bucks to look at Harry Styles on a screen and hear screaming gr- like girls sing his songs. But other than that, it was great. I'm just going to clip and say, other than that, that was great. And I'm going to do all the One Direction fans and, and uh, Harry Styles fans. And yeah, if you want to get really up. deep too, ghost the ghost fans go very deep. There we go. 
They'll get you in. Roxy, you're more, more than welcome to stick around for my question of the week. But um, if you got to jump, you got to jump. No, I'm here. I'm committed. All right. Hey. So it's this is we're going from music to movies now. So my question of the week is: If you could watch one mo- one actor's movies for the rest of your life, who would it be? Do you have an answer? Uh, yes. That Jason? I have Hugh Jackman tattooed on my. Oh leg. yes, I forgot about this. <laughs> So it would be Hugh Jackman. I've I've pretty much seen almost every movie he's ever made. Um, He's got a new movie coming out this month called The Sun or Sun. Um, That's supposed to be pretty good, Um, but it would definitely be Hugh Jackman. Uh, I just I saw him as Wolverine, you know, when I was like eight years old for the first time. And just it was like it wasn't because it was him as the character. I was like, who is this like this Wolverine character? And then it just kind of snowballed from there. I have like almost every movie he's made on DVD and everything. I mean, he's got a great catalog. So, I mean, you you could go from the X Men movies. The uh, the Prestige is an awesome movie. I I remember watching that like a million times. He's another guy that I've seen in person. He did, uh, or like the live musical stuff. He did a one man show here in 2019 on two different occasions. He came here and just kind of did like this like whole spiel about all the different, like his life basically and all the shows he's been in. I hate musicals like with a burning passion they're just i just can't get into them but like if Hugh jackman's in a musical i'm like absolutely <laughs> so i was gonna say where did you like the greatest showman i i watched it and i have it on <laughs> dvd but it's more of like a it's like a like you kind of have to at this point kind of thing yeah it's kind of like, like that was a good movie is doing some, yeah, i didn't I mean, mind it I, yeah I didn't yeah it was it. a good movie. well my 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 kid was watching it so i watched it too so i'm just like you know <laughs> it, it, it kind of grew on me Prisoners is another good one that he's got. Yes, that was really good. The like dark, eerie ones I feel are pretty good. Johnny, who who would you watch for the rest of your life? Uh, that'd probably be Robert De Niro. I mean, that'd be you know obviously good. You know, who was in The Godfather too? Taxi Driver, um, Goodfellas, Casino. I mean. The guy has a list, laundry list of uh, of movies as well too that I that I absolutely love. So yeah, that one hundred percent would be Robert De Niro. Oh, well, I'm agreeing with Peter's wife. My, mine would be Pacino. Yeah, it's That's a solid a one too. The the problem with both De Niro and Pacino, well, I mean, less with De Niro than more than Pacino. I mean, you're almost typecast to like a certain role and a certain type of movie that you're watching for the rest of your life. So my answer just because of the variety and he still got some bangers. I mean, I quoted Pulp Fiction to start the show and he's in the Marvel movies. It's Samuel L. Jackson. I get a huge library of, you know, really good movies. Are you talking like Samuel L. Jackson, like starring or just like, like, dude, just give me the Avengers and Pulp Fiction. I could watch those for the rest of my life. (laughs) Also with like, with me and Johnny, like, but Pacino, him and De Niro, my favorite movie, Heat. Like, oh yeah, Heat's another good movie. one yeah, as well too. Julie I, could, loves that I could watch well, that. Movie I mean, he was. Day. I mean, I mean, a Pacino. Uh, uh, Pacino. I'm sorry, Robert De Niro was in. You know, Meet the Fuckers. He was in a comedy comedy stuff as well too. Not great ones. Some some of them were were kind of cheesy, but um, for the most part, yeah. I mean, he's he's kind of like pinned into one particular like genre, but. I like the I love this movie. It all depends on, on on what you like as well too. Samuel Jackson is a really good one. Like it, it really has a variety of different different genres there with you know comedy, drama, and 
all the silliness that he's been been to. I mean, yeah, that that's a really good one. Snakes on a plane. Yeah, yeah snakes, snakes on, on a plane. plane like. <laughs> Well, I thought De Niro was really good in Joker, too. I mean, obviously not like a super prevalent role, but nonetheless, like still really good. It. And then yeah. Goodfellas, I think, is one of the best movies in the world. Yeah. Like I could watch that movie legitimately every day. Like when uh, Ray Liotta died, I think I watched it like five days in a row just because. No, that's, man, that was some good 90s movies, man. Like we're going to have to do a uh, 90s movie draft here one night. Here we go. Oh, that'd be cool. Um, all right, oh, we're so stealing we... Brian as a shtick now. <laughs> Whoops. You know what? We still we stole the 108s. What are we drinking tonight? We're gonna steal Brian. That's just we're just gonna just yoink everything. Yeah, just yoink. Um, so before we bump some people, we just have to do a little quick promo for ourselves because we're as we've been talking about, we're doing our watch party at Jack's place for the World Cup USA versus England on Black Friday. But we got a new announcement that we're gonna be raffling off a taco party for 25 people that's going to be uh, on World Cup final day. So it's not going to be a day of your choosing. It's going to be on the World Cup final at Jack's. But if you attend our watch party, you're going to automatically be entered to win uh, a taco party courtesy of Don Pepe's um, taco cart. You can... Taquisas. There you go. Thank you, Peter. Um, you can have 25 people and they're very good tacos because we had them for our Bears watch party when we did our taco eating contest. Um, once again, I am guest bartending. So... If you wear one of our uh, bum shirts or USA, also we're giving that away with Peter's got there. We got some World Cup uh, soccer trophy glasses there. So we're yeah. going to be giving those away. And if you wear, like I was saying, if you wear a bum shirt or our USA, Team USA shirt, I will make sure the drinks are extra heavy. I'll get you the good stuff since I'm coming out of retirement for one night only to bartend. So Please, if you're in the southwest suburbs around Chicago Ridge, please come and join us for the watch party at Jack's Place. If you're semi-close, I recommend coming anyways because we're going to have the American like Outlaws watch party and every, there's going to be a bunch of people there, and it's always a good time for a World Cup. Also, I keep saying it. Fuck the king, fuck the queen. Fuck the king and the fuck the queen. All right. Um... We're going to bum some people to close the show. I think he's a bum. I think he's an absolute bum. Because you're training like a damn bum, you know that? Bum. A bum. A bum. All right. I was told to let Johnny go first because he has a bad bum. <laughs> that sounded funny. I mean, it's Johnny, what's your bum? It's only personal, maybe to me. Maybe some of these uh, people on the comments as well, too. Um, my what a bum is whoever's setting up these times for these Illini games. I mean, they're setting up at eight o'clock and I, they don't know I got a podcast at nine o'clock that I got to do. So they're, <laughs> they're really kind of like screwing me over when, you know, with the stuff. I know this is exhibition stuff, so it doesn't really care or anybody cares about what, what, what I like. But yeah, they're my what a bum right now. Sorry, guys. I just right. had to get that out of the way. That's, that's all right, Jenny. When you got an MVB? Yeah, MVV is actually somebody that we actually talked about uh, earlier. Um, and obviously, because he's a local guy as well, too, he's from Lake Zurich, is uh, Jack Sanborn. You know, he he played a you know hell of a game. And you got to give credit where credit's due. It was only set, was second game of of the season. Obviously, yes, he is no, 
you know, as Jason said, an Urlacher 2.0, but I mean, he, he did have a, you know, a, a pretty good game. He had 12 tackles, uh, two sacks as well, too. Almost had an interception as well, too, but, um, you know, eventually that was taken away from flag, stupid flag. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, I thought he did pretty well. I mean, you know, undrafted guy from Wisconsin. Uh, hopefully he does, you know, pretty well. Um, obviously, you know, yes, it was against the Lions, but, you know, hopefully he does well um, in his uh, his future NFL career. Um, I just want to pause this segment real quick to say that thanks to everyone who is wis- listening and subscribing, we have a very nice 69 subscribers now on YouTube. So. Nice. Nobody Thank else you. subscribed. Yeah, no one else Nobody. subscribed for the rest of the day. <laughs> beef, beef Loaf, you can stop. No more smash that like button. We're keeping it at 69. Yeah. <laughs> Um, see what happens when the ass bums come together. Yeah, ass bum, the, it's meant to the be. merger happens. It's like the solar eclipse. It just very nice. Um, Beautiful. I have I have two um, MVBs and one what a bum. My first bum. It's real quick. It's the refs from the game yesterday. Like fuck them. Um, you just can't say it enough. Um, my second, my first MVB is now we've all seen on we don't want to get too political on here but we've seen on elon musk's new twitter machine that people are spoofing you know people and companies left and right shout out to the guy who spoofed uh eli Lilly's pharmaceutical company on the insulin saying that it was free and then the whole company getting shit on for that so finally someone spoofed a good spoof and it actually hopefully it does some good and those assholes will lower the price of insulin because selling it for 200, whatever it is, a, a pop, that's just fucking asinine. So shout out to that guy, whoever take their stock and made them public enemy number one. Um, my second MVB, and I never thought I would say this because I kind of rag on him most of the time, but God damn it. It's Pete Davidson. Uh-oh. I know what I, I mean. Know what's, I know what's happening. Because now he's, now he's pulling Emily... Rajan Kowski. Yes. But more importantly than that, he actually admitted on a um, radio show last week that the rumors are true. He has a nine inch dick. All right. He said he came out and said, Mm -hmm. he's like, yes, the rumors are true. Ariana Grande was was right all along when she came out and said that. So. Kudos to him for finally admitting it and just putting it out there. Oh, yeah. Like he was going to deny it all along. Like who's going to deny that? Speaking no, but of I mean, like, too. but he never, he never admitted it though. Everyone was just like, "Why the fuck is he pulling all these, you know, smoke shows and these a-listers and everything?" And everyone's like, "Wow, he's a, he's a cute guy. He's funny. He's cuddly." Uh no, he's got a nine-inch dong. So we all can, we can all put to the rest now why he's pulling Kim Kardashian and Kate I Beckinsale thought, and now I Emily. Was, I thought he was funny. Oh, but really quick, speaking of dating, um, I TMZ, which I know very credible, uh, reported earlier that um, apparently Scottie Pippen's ex-wife is uh, dating mm. Michael Jordan's kid. Yeah, Marcus Jordan. I was, Jordan, like, I was right? like, that's real spicy. That, that's was, some that's some petty that. ass shit right there. That's some. Hey yeah. Pippen, you want to talk shit about me? I'm gonna have my son bang your daughter. How about that? that is, uh, <laughs> I mean, the Jordans keep winning, right? And Pippen just. Just more pissed off about it. Write another book about that, Scotty. See what happens. <laughs> uh, Peter, take us home. Also, um, pull, so, up Treasy, pull up Treasy's comment real quick because uh, I'm working on it. What? Which one? <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. I'm embarrassed to say it. Yeah. 
real humble. That's <laughs> <laughs> where the streets. Uh, um, I got I two. I got two MVBs. So um, the first one, Johnny. Um, actually, I mean, we talked about a pre-show. My pain was his, or your pain was my gain. Uh, he wasn't unable to go to the Bears game yesterday, so I took your ticket. Gracious enough, um, I was able to go to the Bears game and pre-show before the game. I met up with the uh, CHGO tailgate, and if you guys haven't been to a a, a, a CHGO tailgate, it was awesome. Food, <laughs> drinks. Um, I talked to Herb Lawrence, uh, Sean W. Arianderson. Everyone there was super nice, super friendly. Um, it was a really good time, and they got a really good spot. Um, that's just walking distance from the stadium. So I can't say enough good things about um, the CHGO tailgates. Um, so my bum of the week is also Johnny. Because obviously during Bears game, you know, where the Chicago sports bums were all tweeting and, and commenting and tagging each other and different things and stuff like that. Johnny, we've been on Twitter for long enough. You tagged my burner out of nowhere. So now you're, <laughs> you're, you're, you're bur- blowing up my burner um instead of my normal account um i was like which i don't know how that happened <laughs> now that you put you you just you outed him johnny now he's on now he's on elon's radar i mean it, and it wasn't even like i mean it's not that i got a burner account because i said bad things about drew Brees during a playoff game and got shadow banned so then i just started up uh a, a burner with my actual government name so it's not really i'm hiding anything but the fact that you were tagging that account instead of our main account, or our account, I was like, what's Johnny doing over there? But I, I'll give you credit because uh, you gave me the ticket. So, still. I was sick. I was sick. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair uh, enough. All right. Well, want to thank everyone from the asses and everyone else in the comments and everything who, who joined us. And especially thank you to Roxy for coming on and joining us. And also, before you go, feel free to plug all your stuff. Yeah, obviously the all sports scene and everyone at that uh, at that stand up organization. I, I know um, it's the beginning of an awesome partnership. Rocks, we we can't thank you enough. Um, so yes, please. Just plug take away. it away. Is this how? Yeah, yeah. Thank just you. go ahead. Go ahead and plug all your. Go ahead and. No, plug all your cool. Stuff. Thank you guys so much for having me. Uh, I can't tell, but I think my little handle somewhere, maybe like right. Oh uh, yeah, I can bring. That if it's not, somewhere. that's okay. You should follow me for more than just. Uh, Bulls talk. It's it's pretty nice though. But obviously, all sports scene. Give a little bit of everything. Uh, the most important, in my opinion, de- uh, debate we had recently was if it should be called cornhole or bags. Obviously, that's a big bags. debate, especially bags. in the Midwest. I agree. I bags. think it should be bags. bags, but for some reason, cornhole just seems to, you know, get um, the press. But yeah, please follow us at all sports scene. Obviously, Celeste and Sam, the uh, co-founders, help. Uh, get this all going so really appreciate it and uh yeah stay uh come for the bulls stay for the ass thanks for having us and also want to mention too real quick um that we talked about this we're going to have you on maybe like on a monthly basis talking bulls uh throughout the season since we don't really talk much bulls in the pod um and then we're also as we mentioned too we're going to be working on a watch party in the winter time maybe january february or something for a, for doing a bulls watch party up on the north side so um those details will be coming down the pipeline but no definitely going to have more bulls content going forward with you guys so um yeah obviously thank you to everyone who joined us don't forget next week we're going to have our good friend the magnificent stan brian s is going to be joining 21st. us on the pod I'm sorry, two weeks, two weeks. Yes, two weeks. sorry. 
Do no, wait, it. the 21st is a week from, wait, when is it? Oh, yeah, no, next week. I don't know why. Yeah, see, you're making, me, you're making me get my goddamn <laughs> I'm not even drunk. I'm goddamn drinking water the whole time. Now I'm just stupid. And, is there lead in it? Or uh, okay. <laughs> and then, Peter, what's the other date for, in December? The 12th. I, you're killing me. Uh, the 12th, Bruhan Luke. Bruhan Luke, yes. We're going to be talking be beers and bowls with Bruhan Luke on nope. December 12th. Beers and bowl season. Yes. That's why I said bulls. What? Okay. Whatever. Okay. Thank you. Good night, everyone. Subscribe to just end the show now. (laughs) Last thing Joey P, Sandy, we love you. Yeah. We love you, Joe. Yep. Love you, Joe.